0: Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez.
1: Hello and welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. My name is Jim Martin. I am joined by Brad and Greg today, excited about this show topic. This is something near and dear to my heart. Ah, uh, we had a question come in um just a couple weeks ago from a listener. And we actually had all three of us uh, had a long discussion about about this. And I thought it would be that'd be a really cool topic because I think a lot of people were, you know, especially at the start of the year, trying to trying to make sure that they have their battle plan built, that they know what they're going to do and how to get there. And one of the big questions was is, you know, how do I build a marketing plan and then what what how much should I spend on it? And I, I think it's a just a fabulous topic because, Advisors are notoriously cheap. <laughs> like like they they, they they make uh let's imagine you had four hundred thousand revenue and uh, you had three hundred and fifty a profit. Uh, they want three hundred forty five dollars, three hundred forty five thousand to go into their pockets, and they they end up wanting to run the business on five. So, so it, it's a fun topic to talk about. And I, I know, Greg, you have some very strong opinions on this, and it's really served you well. So, I just want to kick it over to you. What do you what do you think about that? Like when, when you think about building your marketing, is there a percentage or a dollar amount you're trying to strive for?
2: Yeah, in in the early years, I mean, I was uh, I was spending a, a lot, a bigger percentage, right? Um, like let, let's think, you know, if I was $100,000 producer. I mean, gosh, I was probably at 30, 40, 50%. Uh, I, I was just spending a ton because what it came, comes down to is how are you going to grow your business? Well, and they'll tell you uh, referrals. Well, if if you're not getting many referrals because you don't have any clients, you got to find other ways. So marketing and prospecting is, is the only way I can really see how you're going to grow your business. And so it's imperative to spend, not to spend, to invest money into marketing. That's the key word. You're investing money. And and, and that's the way you have to look at it. You, you've you got to love marketing and prospecting if you're going to be good at this business. The people who, who don't like prospecting and refuse to do it, don't want to put money into marketing, they'll never reach their full potential.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's important just to highlight what you just said at the, the end. There, there's there are three ways to build a financial services business, by and large. And I'm sure there's some outliers. But you're either going to buy it, and none of these are wrong, by the way. Like, they're all fine. You're either going to buy it, you're going to inherit it, or you're going to build it via marketing. Because it ain't showing up, guys. <laughs> I don't care how fancy your sign is and how nice your office is. You are not having people walk through the door and hand you million-dollar checks. If that were the case, Fidelity Vanguard uh, would, would dominate easily and they do but not on the personal financial advising side brad for you what do you what do you think about um when you're uh when when you're when you think about marketing do you have a do you have a marketing plan how much what's a good number to reach for
3: so for me i think i'm running about five percent of gross revenue going back into marketing um i always look at this as um there's two ways to do it time or money or some combination thereof and i feel like uh, you know, earlier in your career, you really, you know, your cold calling, your door knocking, those types of activities, they're, they take your time. And then when you get further along, you, I think we kind of tend to prefer, we value our time more than money at a certain point. So then we start to try and veer towards the um, activities that are driven more by money and less by time. Um, so for 2023, though, I am trying to get... Um, some of the activities that are more time-based back on the schedule to a moderate degree and, and do both. Uh, But I think as far as financial commitment, I think 5% is, is typically where I run.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I actually really liked what you just said there where um, I think we're all guilty of this. You you've, you've essentially, you've done workshops or you've door knocked or you've cold called and you've done these kind of labor intensive marketing strategies. And there's a little bit of sweat equity in some of them. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm making, you know, I'm making 400 grand a year. I should not be knocking on doors. So you redeploy those dollars to digital leads or some variation of that because your time is very valuable. I think for us, um, when we first started, uh, our marketing spend was definitely uh, probably 15 to 30%. I figured out what the amount of money I needed to live on and live comfortably was. And then I didn't have any problem with deploying every extra dollar above and beyond that into my business. And I think Greg said it really well. Like, this is an investment. This is not a spend. This is not an expense on your line item. Like, spending money on marketing is not an expense. It's an investment. And it pays back over time in a huge ways. Um, I think now we're closer to 7 to 10%. Uh, and that's because our revenues are so much larger. You know, we're 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 closing on the two million dollar revenue mark. It's just hard for me to spend that amount of money in my the market I'm in. I'm in a I'm in a smaller market. Uh, my radio costs aren't ridiculous. Uh, my seminar costs. I, I'm not going to be out of the house sixty nights a, a year doing them any longer. Uh, so it's harder for me to spend the dollars because the business is larger. But look, you can't ignore marketing though. Like right, like eventually you're going to get to a. a a point in your business where your book begins to mature and money starts walking out the door through RMDs and everything else. So marketing plans are important. So good. I think, I think we've all agreed. You've got to spend money on marketing, right? Like you, if you want to grow and you want to hit your goals, you've got to figure out a percentage and it's not one or 2%. If if you're fairly new, uh, what do you think that number is? Is that 10% Greg? Is it 20%, 30%? What's that marketing number?
2: Yeah. If you're fairly new, I guess it, it I think the best way. And, is and let's
1: not, and, and I, I said fairly new, I'm not talking, look, if you're the guy that's three years out, we're not talking to you about this. Like you, you just need to figure out ways to prospect via cold calls or or knocking on doors, but let's imagine you've got $30 million in the bank. Like I, I should have qualified that question a little better.
2: Okay. I'm, I'm just assuming, you know, 300,000. So let's, let's say it's 300,000 is your revenues. And we've gotten to the debate. What's actually your take home? That kind of thing. Um, but but I would say probably at, at three hundred thousand GDC, yeah, I, I'd be in probably 20 percent. That's my opinion. That's that's what I would. I'd get serious about it. And you know, at, at thirty million AUM, um, you're still a long ways from hundred million. If that's if that's your goal, like a, a lot of people's is, um, yeah, you need to invest the money. And you know, the biggest thing about you know we're going to be doing a mastermind in you know uh, 2023 and talking about how you develop a marketing plan and not just oh I'm going to do a little of this I'm going to do a little of that how do you put a, a marketing plan together that can help you accomplish whatever the goal you have is for your business and somebody will say oh well, I'm going to I'm going to do a seminar in the spring and a seminar in the fall and, and and you want to bring on 20 million dollars you're going to do like to a seminar twice a year. Like what else are you doing? You know, you you can't just stop there. And so what's, what's so neat about your marketing plan, at least mine anyway, it really like excites me. It's like, okay, I've got X amount of dollars to um, deploy this year. I'm not all going to put it into one marketing funnel. I'm going to spread it out. And then, and then it's kind of fun to track and see, you know, what's paying off the best, what's the ROI highest. And sometimes that's different year to year. Um, but the fact of the matter is is you've got to enjoy it if if you don't i had somebody say to me well i'm just i'm a bad prospector well nobody wants to do it like do you think i want to call a bunch of prospects and you know follow up with them and uh, nobody wants to do, do you think i want to meet with these people at 5:30 at night on a tuesday no but it, it's it's kind of like the means to the end so
1: Man, I love it. That's some passion right there. I agree. I I, I don't even think you should be meeting with people at five thirty, but that's a that's a story for another day. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I I think you're right. I, you've got to look. Advisors are so stingy. Like when we first start, you know, the old joke is, "What's the difference between a twenty dollar bill and a new financial advisor?" Well, the twenty dollar bill can buy a pizza for a family, and a new financial advisor can't buy anything. But yeah. then we start making a little extra money, and you know, you start driving nicer cars, uh, you start taking better trips, and you start spending all the way up to your income. And you've got to be disciplined in here and live on less. and And that just might be the the toll you have to play. Or pay to uh, to reach the goals you're you're trying to accomplish, and it just might be you have to live on. Oh, God forbid, two hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry that every one of your clients earns half as much as that, and you have to live on it. But that's what you have. This is an investment you might have to make, and it's it's not fun. And uh, but it's part of it. You know, we invest in ourselves via coaching. We we all have coaches. We invest in ourselves, uh, personal trainers. You know, we do a lot of things where we invest in ourselves. Marketing is one of those in a big way. And Brad, let's let's talk about what goes in when you're you've, you so you're revamping your marketing plan, getting back into um into some more of the I uh, probably seminars or 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 you you run a niche marketing, so it's a little a little different. But you know, for you, what is that um what's that look like? How do, how are you building your marketing plan? What goes into it?
3: Yeah, so what I'm going to be doing, I've talked in, in past episodes a little bit about my niche is is public educators, both K to twelve and and higher ed. So, I'm really going to have four prongs to this approach, and one is kind of boots on the ground, um, just kind of educational events at work sites um, where I'm a benefits provider in some in some way, typically as a as a four hundred three b plan, um, and I think even Fidelity does this they their gigantic uh 401k plans that they have. You know, they're sending they're sending teams in just, just to be available to offer information about the plan and for people to ask questions. And they're using that as a sales funnel to pick up people that have non-401k related questions, like, hey, uh, you know, I have this old 401k from another job. Um, can I roll that in here or whatever? And I'm using it the same way. Um, then you're right. I am I am going to be adding um Going to be adding a couple of seminars throughout the year focused at the same niche, um, those uh, it's going to be some spend there, and then I uh, it, kind of the passive marketing that I do is the uh, it was is, um, Dave Ramsey Smart Vester program and Smart Asset, you know, bringing in the, the digital leads too. Um, you know, I've kind of found Greg when you were talking earlier that about our percentages of spend, I don't really think that my my hard dollars have changed that much over probably the last seven or eight years. Uh, the dollars are the same the percentage is lower. It probably used to be closer to 10 or even fifteen percent when the revenue was lower. But what I've run into when you get into the swing of things, uh, limitation is almost going to be time more than money right? If you know if you're right. you know if you're spending forty or fifty thousand dollars a year on marketing, could it be comment digit- just what I'm doing digital leads and seminars, spend 50 grand on those. And keep, you know, and take care of an existing book of clients, whether it's 100, 200, 300 households. Um, I think you're run into a limitation at some point of, of your own time. And then leads you into the do I bring on more help? Do I bring on a junior? Do I scale back to lifestyle practice? Um, that's been my limitation, though, not money time. I think the money thing is a good lesson to learn in our profession, also. Jim, you mentioned earlier about you just have to live on 200 grand a year. Um, but while you're in that mid phase of growing, it almost will teach you a good habit in that you always have to keep in mind we're not doctors, right? We don't make five hundred thousand dollars a year on a salary, and a lot of us work on asset based fees. Clients die, clients leave, they come, they go, uh, the market goes up and down. Our incomes can fluctuate a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars a year just based on that. So you can never be the typical American of spend you know earning ten and spending ten or spending eleven. Always keep some to the side, and I think in reinvesting in your business when you're in the mid stage of growth is a good way to reinforce that habit. Would you say, Jimmy? Do 450, and you want to keep 445, or spend 445? You just can't do that.
1: You no, just can't
3: do that in our business.
1: I think those are great points, and um, I, I think you know, as you were talking, you're right, Greg or um, Brad. As your business gets larger, your marketing spend, unless you've scaled up, meaning you've hired other advisors. Uh, unless you've hired you know a director of operations unless you've hired a marketing director these are these are things you might have to do as you begin to scale uh, but let's imagine you've not done that you're going to need to know your kpis around marketing uh, because you're going to need, need to be able to select those marketing activities that are giving you the highest ROI and if you're not tracking that you know sometimes we have this perception that something's really doing a great job but the reality is when we dig into the numbers we figure out wow it's uh the ROI is not quite as strong as we had thought it was so knowing those numbers as you're beginning to build out your plans are really really important i would also contend as you're beginning to build out your marketing plan you're going to back into it in a big way so let's imagine you're doing your goal setting and this is the this is the process we go through we set our goal like what we want to accomplish and then you know then I see if I have the capacity to do it based upon my marketing spend and everything else. I I don't just say I want to bring in 30 million dollars and then not have the plan to do it. Like I've got to figure out like how much is how much is Ramsey gonna generate, how much is radio gonna generate, how much is referrals, how much you you gotta figure out all those sources and then deploy dollars to them to accomplish that goal. And that comes into, uh, you know, it comes into, it comes into ultimately why, you know, some people grow faster than others. Uh, you, if you show me your, 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 uh, your P and I'll probably tell you what you did for the year. Like if I see a zero on marketing, I mean, there are people that grow without it, like, but they're, but they're in the, in the, in the small minority. Like they're, they're just, they have, they've gotten a huge lead somewhere along the way or had an, a, for, a fortunate opportunity happen for most of us we've got to spend to grow just like every other company in the country by the way don't don't think it's like some dirty thing you go to an S&P 500 company guess what they have they have a marketing department they, they have a chief marketing officer and they got a budget greg how do you uh how, how when you're building your marketing plan like what goes into it
2: a lot goes into it i i start with you know the end in mind i know we talk about that a lot um, start with the end in mind, uh, Jim, you talked about, you know, whatever your, your new asset goal is, um, you can break that down to, to revenue, but I, I always go with, you know, new asset goal. I, I, uh, as I, I, I stated on our Facebook group, kind of what it might look like, uh, for your 2023 goals. So start with the end in mind, figure out what, and, and kind of, you you've got to decide what marketing um what your budget is how much you how much you have to work with here right um so you kind of figure that out and then and then kind of how you want to spread it out but but also look at of course your your results last year and say okay for 2022 what paid off the best what did i enjoy if you're doing seminars and you absolutely hate doing seminars well you're going to go in, to, in there with a bad attitude people are you're not going to be likable right and you're, oh, this, I just got to do the this. Summer. You got to really, you got to have some, be passionate about it and enjoy doing it, whatever it is. If you like knocking on doors, fantastic. You like talking to people, cold calling. So you've, you've got to enjoy it because at the end of the day, this this business, the only thing that's going to keep you going is is your goals and your attitude, in, in my opinion. Because if your attitude stinks, you're probably never going to hit your goals. And if you don't have goals, you can't hit a target you can't see.
1: Hey, pardon the interruption. Hey, if you're anything like us, you are hyper-focused on growing your practice in 2023. With that said, me and the guys have put together a world-class webinar that will help you do just that. We're going to give you our best ideas, our best ideas on marketing. What are some things you can implement right now to grow your practice? Our best ideas on sales process. How do you close more business? Our best ideas on client service. How do you retain, grow your relationships for life, and increase referrals without even asking for them? And finally, how do you build a scalable, world class investment model? If you want to join the webinar, go out to 23grow.com. Again, that's 23grow.com. Register for our webinar. There's no cost to attend it's one time only you don't want to miss it if you're if you're dialed into growing this year this is for you if you want to become a better advisor deliver better service to your clients this webinar is for you so join today go out to 23grow.com now back to the show
2: so so there's a lot that goes into the uh, into my marketing plan um I, I've you know one of those is hey I, I want to I figured out a way that I can enhance the referrals that I get and it costs a little bit of money, but it works year in and year out. So I'll probably share that with, uh, with everybody at our mastermind. Cause I want to hear that. Yeah. It's a little involved process, but, um, but I kind of break it up. Where do I expect my, my new assets under management to come from? Is it people retiring? Is it brand new clients? Is it, you know, referrals, Um, and and then, you know, what are all these different funnels that I have, these marketing funnels? Um, I, I eliminated a couple of them or I'm planning on eliminating a couple for 2023. Um, so I don't know for me, marketing is, is the main source of the reason why we grow. Um, and it's fun. It's kind of like, I look at it kind of like, yeah, like Jim said, I'm, I'm investing the money and I'm kind of waiting to see the payoff,
1: you know? Yeah. And I think you said something that was really telling there. And, 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 Brad probably said this as well as you guys were going through it, but you know, you're not, this is not a, uh, a one year one and done you're, you're done. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when we sit down with a client and we go through the process and talk about like, you're not going to become a millionaire tomorrow unless you have 950,000 today, like, or some variation of that, <laughs> like, it's going to take time. Like, this is a journey and you damn well better enjoy it because it's it's not going to you're not going to wake up tomorrow and have your dream business generally speaking it, it's going to be a process that's going to take 3 to 5 years now the great thing is is you can make an investment in yourself to get that done today like you can start that process start building a marketing plan start putting the pieces together to enjoy it but unless you do that you know you're going to kind of flounder out there and and Brad have you have, have you seen advisors who fail to plan just kind of flounder and not grow and, and you look at them and they haven't, they haven't done much in 10 years or five years?
3: Oh, for sure. Both from, from under planning and over planning. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all probably know who I'm, yeah, we do. Right you can make a plan. That's great. And you can go over the plan, have a bunch of iterations, make sure it's perfect, but you do have to execute it at some point. <laughs> if you just leave it on the bookshelf as the perfect plan. You'll be the same place. You are today.
2: You you know, those, those advisors that like, they, they've got like the next best thing and they they're always scheming for it. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to do this and whatever. And then like you talk to them three years later and it's like, Hey, did you ever do that thing? <laughs> no, no, I'm still working on it. <laughs>
1: oh. Yeah. That's the other thing is, um, you've got to take action. And, and one thing I really, um, I really appreciate about Greg and, uh, I think he does a great thing. He's an implementer. Like when he gets an idea that he wants to implement, like there is, he just does it. And he doesn't even tell you he did it. Like you'll ask, you'll start talking to him like a year later. And he's like, oh yeah, I've been doing that for nine months. And I'm like, what?
2: <laughs> so, And you know what? It may not be perfect, but but I I'll get the wheels going and I can I can always grease the wheels later right so uh, I might run into some uh, some mistakes and and both of you I mean if I could have back the money that I literally pissed away <laughs> <laughs> with with marketing and bad ideas I was just sometimes a little too quick to implement but uh, but a lot I would say just as many times if not more hey at least I got at least I got it going at least I tried
1: you know. You got to, you got to try things sometimes. So like, by the way, guys, not everything's going to work. Like just, we have a, we have a friend, a mutual friend who has smart asset and he's down in the low country of uh, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida. I don't know where this low country area is, but he's in this, uh, he's somewhere, I I think he's in Florida, but you know, he's in this area where people relocate to. So he gets like huge accounts out of smart asset. Greg has like sworn them off. And so I think, right. And, and so, and so is Jeff. And I'm like, I have like a love hate relationship. They do. Okay. Uh, But you know, sometimes just because it works for me, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So you're going to go in and you can't just abandon your marketing plan and say, well, my social security workshops not working as well. Uh, for me as it does for Brad. So I'm not going to do it any longer. Well, that's fine. You don't have to do that any longer, but maybe you pivot to something else. You don't just don't write off seminars or education events because one topic didn't work in your area because not everything works in everybody's area. It just, it just doesn't. And you're going to have to, there's going to be some areas where you waste money along the way. Now I will tell you that I think if you find the right way to do this stuff if you have a guide with you it can really help. So make sure, you know, before you embark on this on this idea of like hey, I'm going to go start doing, I don't know, social security workshops, make sure you've got a process around that. Make sure you've 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 had you've really it's thoughtful and you've talked to advisors doing it successfully. Don't just don't go waste money without having conversations cuz then you're just going to hate the idea and concept of of marketing.
3: Jim, I think that what you were talking reminded me of a conversation with i had I had with a friend of mine a couple of months ago. Um, when you were mentioning that, you know, smart asset works really well in a certain area, and it, it's worked okay for you. I think it works okay. You know, we're all over the board. Same thing with um, you know, seminars. I, I direct mine towards educators because I could throw a you know, if I still had a baseball arm, I could launch a baseball to the uh, local state university. I I think. When you're doing your marketing plan, I think it helps to look around you, look at your own skill set, look at the demographics around you and, and tailor what you're going to do to that. You know, I, I'm, I don't have any proof to back this up, but, um, I would bet that, you know, the Dave Ramsey program probably works a lot better in the South than it does on the West coast, just because, you know, Dave Ramsey's got deep roots in, in, uh, Christianity. And that's, a uh, more of a focus religious religions a bigger focus down south than it is on the west coast Uh, but the the guy that i'm thinking of owns a garage and uh, he's a mechanic and he you know a couple of times we're were having a beer and he's just telling me you know he wants to work on exotic cars and that's kind of how i know him and yeah i'll just call him tom that's not his name and i was like you know tom like i'm in a rural area you guys know that and it's like There's only three exotic cars in the county, and I know all three of them, and they're all under warranty. They're not coming to you for work. I promise they're going to the dealer for work. And it kind of clicked with him. Like, you know, yeah, you'd like to work on exotic cars, but if you can make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year doing oil changes on Honda Civics, that ain't a bad life. So tailor your marketing Appropriate to your audience, and uh, when just Jim, when you were when you were explaining how different things work for different people, I think it's good to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think it's a really wise wise point. Um, yeah, and I think you know, again, if in, in it, it I think your your friend's thinking about uh, building a niche out for <laughs> you. Can't, I I can't I can't do that with Boeing employees in my market. We don't have a Boeing Boeing plant. And they they're on the west coast, so it wouldn't work. It, it I, maybe you can find one retiree, it'd be terrible. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about marketing mistakes. Like, what's the cardinal sin? What's the biggest mistake, Greg? Someone can make when they're building a marketing plan?
2: A couple of them come to mind, but one thing I'm going to kind of piggy piggyback on what Brad said. Um, I think you should really custom your marketing plan to your your target client, right? Your niche. So, you know, for example, if, if Brad's niche is, um, is teachers, he's going to want to find a marketing or develop a marketing plan. That's going to appeal to those public educators, those teachers that, that are going to attract him to Brad. Right. So, so you've kind of got to, yeah, tailor your marketing plan to who your, your target client, your target, your ideal client is. And if you don't have an ideal client, you got to figure it out. That's one of the the biggest, biggest, the best things I've done for my own career, my own business is figure out who I'm, I'm enjoy working with, who my ideal client is. And, you know, for example, I, um, if your, uh, niche is nurses, we, we talked to somebody who, um, wanted to kind of specialize in nurses, uh, because they, they make great clients is what he found. Well, he's going to have to develop a marketing plan where he can appeal to those nurses. And it may not be, you know, I'm kind of thinking of all the, uh, if nurses are working like overnight hours, maybe a lot of them have those, you know, crazy hours. If you're doing a, you know, uh, public seminars at 6 PM on a Tuesday or something like that, well, a lot of them may not show up. So, you know, probably, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe Saturdays would be better or, um, I don't know. Th-
3: that's just one thought. Yeah, that's cool. yeah I, I I agree. I agree, Greg. And it's like that, the, I know who you're talking about, you know, he had, uh, that gentleman had, uh, you know, one of the largest hospital systems in the country, a couple of blocks from his office. Uh, I think you talked in a past episode about your niche of, of kind of pilots, um, obvious pilots and me with teachers with the local university. I mean, I would love to work with Honda employees if I had a Honda plant near me. I'm a big Honda fanboy. Everybody probably knows that now, but there isn't one. You know, so I got to tailor my marketing to to what's available to me. And and Jim, just to just to answer your question, uh the cardinal sin I think and what we're talking about is not doing it or not doing it long enough or not doing enough of it. That's the cardinal sin of of marketing is
1: there's it's exactly probably- what I was going to say as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we, we, as planners, we talk about the value of a financial plan, the value of an income plan, the value of a tax plan And so many business owners just miss this. Like they don't, they just approach their business haphazardly. They don't build a damn plan out and follow it and understand that if you do a, it will lead to B and you get the outcome of C, which is what you really want. And I think, I think not doing it and then not making a substantial enough commitment as far as uh, dollars to move the boat guys, invest in yourselves, invest in a marketing plan, invest in coaching. The, The whole concept here is to get better. To, to really grow your practice. Hey, um, I want to thank everybody for listening to today's show. Look, if, if you thought we provided value and you liked what we had to say, I w- I want to invite you to leave us a five star review. It, it does really matter to us. Uh, we like to read those. If you don't want to leave us a five star review, just send me an email yelling at me. Uh, I'd rather have that than the review. Don't hurt my feelings, but leave us a, leave us a great review. If you would on either Spotify or Apple, it does help us our placement. Uh, you can connect with us on our Facebook page. Uh, that's the Financial Advisors Edge podcast uh, community. Just go out to Facebook, type that in. But most importantly, visit our website. Learn about what we're doing and how we're how we're growing. And that's thefaedge.com, thefaedge.com. Connect with us there. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.